Hey, listeners. Thanks for joining us for your daily Bible verse. We hope you enjoy this deeper look at one of your favorite or maybe not so well-known Bible verses. To get all of our episodes straight to your phone, just subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. To find more Bible studies, Bible reading plans, and verses by topic, we'd love for you to visit us on BibleStudyTools.com. When Nothing is Left But Love Written by Liz Curtis Higgs Read by Laura Hopkins Today's verse is Ruth chapter 1 verse 16 But Ruth replied Don't urge me to leave you or to turn my back from you Where you go, I will go and where you stay, I will stay Your people will be my people and your God, my God I was in my 30s, established in my career and comfortable in my skin, but I was still nervous when the time came to meet my future mother-in-law. Would she like me as a person, approve of me as a daughter-in-law, accept me into the family, even with my bad girl past? Our first meeting was cordial, and she always made me welcome in her home. But as each year went by, I became less certain of my place in her heart and held her at arm's length emotionally. Yes, I dutifully sent flowers each Mother's Day, made her favorite dish for Thanksgiving, and showered her with presents at Christmas. But whether it was pride, anxiety, or insecurity, something kept me from building a nest for her in my heart. Then I studied the book of Ruth. Undone by the loving kindness Ruth showed her mother-in-law, Naomi, I realized something had to change in my life, and that something was me. A phone call to my mother-in-law seemed the place to begin. My hand shook as I punched in the numbers. I had no real plan, trusting God to give me the words to say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Can we begin again? When my mother-in-law answered the phone, an overwhelming sense of peace washed over me. Whatever fears I'd harbored of rejection, of losing her as I'd lost my own mother, of not measuring up, were gone. Nothing was left but love. The next time we visited my in-law's house, I wrapped my arms around her and gave her my first real hug. Our last five years together were sweeter than all the years that came before them combined. I have Ruth, the Moabitess, to thank for that, and the Lord she vowed to follow. When Naomi started for home after ten years in the far country of Moab, she urged her two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth, to return to Moab and to their gods. Orpah was convinced. Ruth was not. She told Naomi, Don't plead with me to abandon you or to return and not follow you. For wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Ruth was determined not to go back to her false gods. Instead, the Spirit of God must have moved through Ruth like living water, cleansing her, filling her, making her altogether new. She wasn't merely making a choice to follow her mother-in-law. Her decision was about the Lord himself. God alone ordained and orchestrated the sacred moment. Ruth's great-grandson would one day write, The counsel of the Lord stands forever. 
the plans of his heart from generation to generation. Naomi and Ruth are woven into those plans. So are you, beloved. Long before Naomi and Ruth walked the earth, God's plans for you were already in place. Before Naomi could respond that day, Ruth made a bold vow, For wherever you go, I will go. More than one dewy-eyed bride has repeated Ruth's words while gazing into her bridegroom's handsome face. But Ruth wasn't talking to or about a man. She was speaking to and about her mother-in-law, who by all appearances didn't want her daughter-in-law along for the ride. Ruth's second vow is equally powerful. And wherever you live, I will live. She'd never been to Bethlehem, yet seemed to care little about where she was going, as long as she was with Naomi. She continued, Your people will be my people. It's one thing to leave your house, and quite another to leave your country. Ruth promised to adopt the laws, traditions, dialect, foods, customs, folklore, and history of Israel, turning her back on the only life she knew and embracing a world she had yet to experience. We've seen Ruth's courage and commitment on display. Next comes her extraordinary leap of faith, and your God will be my God. Over the years, Naomi had plenty of time to teach her daughter-in-law about the covenant with Abraham and the exodus with Moses. She'd also had countless Sabbaths to show Ruth what a life devoted to the one true God looked like. Yet in the end, it was God at work in Ruth's heart that made her confession of faith possible. Your God will be my God. If you have a mother-in-law, Ruth's brave example shows you how you can strengthen or rebuild your one-of-a-kind relationship. Perhaps some of these practical ideas might be helpful. Praise her good points. Just as you may wonder if your mother-in-law likes you, she may think you don't like her. So praise her every chance you get and help put her unspoken fears to rest. Brag about her son. At any age, mothers long to know they did a good job. Sincerely compliment your husband's fine character or commendable actions, then watch his mother light up. Request a favorite recipe. Gourmet or every day, her home-cooked meals fed your growing husband. Find out his favorite dish and ask his mother to share the recipe. Give thanks. Show your gratitude for the woman who raised the man you love. She wasn't a perfect mother, but she was his mother. She still is, and always will be. Even after she's gone, honor her memory and be grateful for everything she did and who she was. As relationships go, this one can be complicated, which means it also has the potential to go deep and wide. Open your heart, my friend. Let her in. How could you honor your mother-in-law or another older woman in your life? Are there any relationships in your life that need mending? What can you do today to begin that process? Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Your Daily Bible Verse, a production of the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to iTunes and rate and review our podcast. It really does help people find us. This episode was produced by our managing editor, Kelly Givens, and recorded and edited by Stephen Sanders. Be sure to come back tomorrow as we examine more of God's Word.
Christmas. For most kids, it's the most joyful time of the year. But this Christmas, 1.5 million children will spend the holiday separated from a parent because their mom or dad is behind bars. Prison Fellowship Angel Tree needs churches in our communities to volunteer to bless local children with a gift, the gospel, and a loving message from their parent. I believe this is an incredible opportunity for our listeners to share the love of Jesus this Christmas. Many of Prison Fellowship's partner churches continue ministry to local Angel Tree families after Christmas is over. Through this ongoing care, Prison Fellowship Angel Tree strengthens and encourages families every day. Angel Tree wouldn't be possible without the help of faithful volunteers. If you're ready to make an eternal impact in your community, please register today at angeltree.org backslash church. That's angeltree.org backslash church. Miracles are everywhere. Let our adventure begin! Discover Pure Flix, your premium streaming service where faith and family values come home. Ready to have some fun? The most exclusive selection of quality, wholesome movies and series that will uplift your spirit. A man can argue whether God exists, but when he looks at his daughters, he knows. With new arrivals every week. Unbelievable. Save big and enjoy the possibilities, like invitations to exclusive theatrical screenings. I see it, so I believe it. Find out more by joining today at pureflix.com. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air, they're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.